listeners, and welcome to Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest for you. Uh, it's not going to be our normal format with just Mike and I chatting. Uh, we have a guest. Uh, his name is Mike Malikoff, and uh, he emailed me. He's one of our listeners, and he emailed me about his boat, which happens to be a Hunter 44 Dexalon, very similar to the boat I have. And uh, he had a question about his boat, and we exchanged some emails. And uh, during that conversation, um, I came to realize that he'd be an interesting guest for the show. So I invited him on the show, and uh, we did an interview. And uh, it really was good. I'm glad that uh, I invited him. Uh, you know, he, uh, he bought his boat two years ago, um, just at the beginnings of the COVID crisis, kind of before boat prices really escalated. Uh, he bought his boat in Maine, and uh, he keeps his boat on Lake Champlain, which is about a 120 or so mile long lake uh, that borders between New York State and Vermont. Um, and we've sailed there a fair amount. Um, we have chartered boats up there, and that's sort of where we first got into chartering larger boats was on Lake Champlain. It's quite close to our house. It's an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away. It's a wonderful place to sail. And he's been sailing there now for two years, and uh, he's uh, going to leave shortly uh, to go down to uh, the Bahamas. And the way you get to the Bahamas is you uh, take your mast down and you go through the Champlain Canal, which takes you south uh, through New York State, actually along the New York State-Vermont border for a good part, and dumps you out into the Hudson River. Uh, near Troy, New York, which is really close to Albany. And then from there, you can uh, go down the Hudson. Uh, there's a place uh, along that path there that uh, I will say specializes in putting masts back up because uh, there's actually a fair number of boats, uh, sailboats included and and power boats, uh, that uh, go up to Lake Champlain for the summer from down south. And uh, there's also a fair number that go to the Great Lakes. And if you're coming from the Great Lakes and you want to head south, you take the Erie Canal, which uh, connects the Great Lakes again to Troy uh, via the Erie Canal uh, and dumps you into the Hudson River. So there's a place, uh, a marina that's down near Saugerties, I think, a little south of Albany, that is known for being really good at putting masts back up on sailboats. Uh, and then from there, he'll sail down the coast of the United States. Um, and uh, over to uh, the Bahamas. So we had a great conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation, and uh, let's dive right into it. And let me adjust. You're echoing in the boat right now. <laughs> oh. Too late. And uh, hang on one second. Yeah, headset usually helps. Sorry, Bella. That's all right. Hang on. Take your time. Go ahead. Wife is saying, where's your headset? I got it. Someone threw it in. Oh, yeah. Been, that could have been me. Yeah, my <laughs> wife hit it on me. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So what? Uh, what's your background? Because Bella is... Oh, yeah, so it's it, yep. It's uh it's pronounced Bela. Bela. Yep. I, and, I should know I hear it when I on your podcast. Yeah, it's it's Hungarian. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a very common 
uh, Hungarian name uh, that does not have an English translation, right? I mean, there's Frank in Hungarian, there's Steve in Hungarian, right. there's George, but Bela is Bela. And yeah, I was born there, uh, immigrated oh, okay. to this country in 1956. Uh, they had a revolution in 1956. And uh, my father had the foresight to say, we're out of here. And my dad and mm -hmm. myself and uh, my mom uh, walked across the border and uh, we ended up here in the United States. So, yeah. Well, you were you were a little kid. then. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I don't I can't remember if I re remember stuff from that those times or if it's just right. the memories I have from my parents talking about it. Right. It's at that it's that age of three and four when you don't really have a clear yeah sort of image of what's real and what what are real memories and what are things that right. you remember from people talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, because I've, that was the first time I've heard that name and I, I come out of the sports world. So I've dealt with a lot of people from foreign countries with yeah. all the different dialects and variations. And I've never, that's a new one for me. Sure. Sure. Oh, so, great. So you guys are on the boat. We are literally on the boat right now. We're yeah. getting ready. Uh, uh, well, that's part of our story, I guess, is that um, we've are uh, uh, we basically we sold our house up here. Uh, we were going to rent it while we were gone, and the past year the market, you know, we're at Sugarbush is where where the house was, and the market was so hot up there that the realtor said, you know, we could get you a lot of money for this place. Yeah. Sort of yeah. like, well, if you can get that, let us know. And we got it in one day. Wow. And it was just one of these things that the market was never is never going to be as hot as it, as it is or was a yes. few months ago. And uh, we said, sure, you know, why not? And uh, so we were going to be on the boat for the next six, eight months anyway. And uh, so we just made the transition a little sooner and uh, we're just trying to get this thing ready. Uh, sure. Uh, before we, you know, we take off in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So let's just go back a little bit. Sure. So, uh, so what is the boat? Can you tell us what it is? Yes, it's a, uh, you'll be familiar. It's a 2005 Hunter 44 DS. Oh, great. Okay. So it's the sort of the earlier version of the boat I have. I have a 09 yeah. Hunter 45 Dexalon. Yeah, yeah great. Your, yours was the next version. Yep. And how long have you had it? Um, this will be at uh, the second summer. We bought it at the beginning of last year. Okay, excellent. And, and you say that uh, you're on Lake Champlain, if I remember from our email exchanges. Yeah, so talk yep. about that a little bit. Um, we're at uh, Burlington Harbor Marina, and I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, marinas here in Burlington, but uh, uh, on this side of the lake, there is a shortage of space, dock space, and uh, there are two or three marinas uh, that are in downtown Burlington. This one was built three years ago and is the oh, wow. newest. So uh, fortunately, uh, my wife has a friend that has a boat here. And uh, we were able to get a slot here last summer. And yeah, we, we love it here. Uh, it's, you know, we're right downtown. The marina's brand new virtually. 
So uh, the docks are new, the bathrooms are new. Um, there's a restaurant, a, a sort of a food truck restaurant that's yeah. located here during the summer. Uh, and if you want to go into Burlington, you know, it's a 10 minute walk. Yeah. Yeah. We chartered a lot on Lake Champlain mm -hmm. uh, and uh, mostly out of uh, Willsboro and mm -hmm. uh, Plattsburgh. Uh, but uh, we spent a couple of nights on a mooring over there in Burlington to have that breakwater right. and then the mooring field behind it. Yeah. And stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very nice. Yeah. We're at the we're at the north end. Uh, well, actually, the Coast Guard station is right behind us. Got it. Yep. Are familiar with that. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned Willsboro because uh, uh, we go over an anchor there. And uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the news that this woman made that went around in her uh, kayak to chase the boats away. And it was in all the news <laughs> because she handed out and we were there when she did it. And she came up. She was very nice. And came up to our boat and handed us uh, uh, a, a letter that basically said, you know, we appreciate you coming over here and stuff, and but can you please leave? Was the punchline. <laughs> and uh, um, I guess there is some friction between uh, the uh, people that live there in the one anchorage at the very end by the uh, marina. Yes. Yeah, uh, there. And, uh, um, you know, it's it's a very good place and it could be 15, 20, 30 boats there at any time. And basically some of the residents have decided that that part of the lake belongs to them and we shouldn't be there. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's funny because it ended up going to the town council with Willsboro and they were like, no, 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 don't chase these people there. <laughs> they come here and spend money. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've anchored there many times, but you know, it's, it's not a rare event, what you're talking about from the point of view of, uh, having anchoring and mooring wars going on between residents and boaters. There's a, there's a lot of places in, in Florida in particular, it's a big problem where, mm -hmm. where, where, uh, you know, the residents are, have limits on how long you can stay there or the, the towns have instituted limits on how long you can stay there, uh, et cetera. Right. So it's a, it's an ongoing battle. Uh, and, and, uh, and especially in Florida where those residents have $10 million homes. So they yes. have a little bit more juice to them. To <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. With, with that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, sort of an interesting, and as I said, she was polite about it. And, you know, we talked to her, but it was sort of like, oh, I don't know what you're going to do because yeah, it's a public lake. And, and, and the irony was it was about complaining about the noise. Yes. And we've anchored there several times. The boats are quiet as heck. And when she was talking to us, kids that had just graduated from college were having a huge party on land. And she's talking to us about the noise from the boats. And she said, well, that's just a one-time occurrence. And, and I, cause I said, well, look what's going on over there at that house. Right. And yeah, anyway, it was just, it was a funny situation with the, the Willsboro. So. Yeah. So how have you enjoyed uh, sailing on Lake Champlain? I know we used to love it. Oh yeah. We, we definitely love, it's been a great experience because for us, this was a, big um transition going to a boat this size and and it 
it really gave us the comfort of being able to learn in a sort of a controlled situation that, you know, uh, the thing that we like about the lake is you don't really have to worry about shoaling. Uh, you don't have to worry, you know, it's a hundred feet deep, 10 feet to the, the right. banks in some right. cases. So it's a very deep lake. Yes. And, uh, uh, and yeah, it, it's been a great place. And there's some schools here. You know, we took some lessons from the local school that's yeah. uh, on Mallets Bay. And uh, yeah, and there are anchorages, you know, there are marinas. Uh, uh, on on the other hand, though, people think, well, this is just a calm lake. So how much experience can you get here as opposed to, say, going out in the ocean? Well, We've been on the lake when the waves have been four and five feet high, right. coming at you from every direction because they're bouncing off the shore and coming back out in different directions. So yes. uh, even last weekend, it was like two to three foot waves, uh, yeah. you know, 20 knots, 25 knot winds. So, yeah. Uh, so but we've yeah, we've really enjoyed it. We've made some really good friends uh, as well here at the marina. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's interesting when we made the transition from, I mean, Lake Champlain was sort of uh, the place where we got into big boats, sort of like you, it's, it's the first place we sort of start chartering larger boats and sailing on large, larger boats. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about tides. You don't have to worry about current yes. tidal current. Correct. Uh, but you know, the wind is just as strong as you're saying, and the waves are just as tall and actually they're worse because they're closer together. They're Correct. steep, they're steep, and they're close together. Uh, so uh, it is it is sort of a great place to cut your teeth, and there are a lot of places to anchor. And so you can learn about anchoring and kind of build your confidence on, yeah. you know, dropping the hook and uh, doing those types of things. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful place. And I'll tell you, I, I do miss fresh water. Mm. The salt water is nice, but, you know, you go sailing for a day, and, and if it's a little windy and salt water splashing up on the boat, you know, that water evaporates and leaves behind salt, <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's salt on the deck, there's salt on the hull, you know, stuff corrodes really fast. Someone uh, just reminded me that yesterday, one of the uh, people in a slip here, and uh, uh, I, I said, well, you know, have you been, you know, out in the ocean? She says, no, we don't like salt on our boat. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we we thought about Lake Champlain because for us, it's about an hour away, an hour, an hour and a half to Plattsburgh from mm -hmm. where we live. And and to get down to Providence, where we are on Narragansett Bay, it's three and a half hours. Yeah, um, and which is a drive. Yeah, it's, you know, so it's, it's it takes, it's not a weekend trip, uh, at least not mm -hmm. for us. And, uh, but the reason we have the boat there is because our son lives right there. So one of we have two sons and one of our sons lives a five minute walk from the marina so um and and we've really liked it and exploring it and and uh, it's been a lot of fun but yes i i do miss the fresh water that's for sure yeah and that that is definitely nice uh that you can jump off the back of the boat and swim and stuff and yeah you don't yeah. have all the salt coming yeah. back onto the uh, boat yeah yeah so uh this was your first big boat, it sounds like? Yes. So what what are sort of the lessons that you learned transitioning from a, you know, a, what did you have before? What kind of boats did you sail on? A nothing boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, I was going to say we had a couple of rafts in our lake near Sugarbush. Okay. Uh, 
but uh, uh, my my wife grew up with boats. Okay. Uh, that her father had, and uh, my experience was I grew up in New Jersey, but uh, down at the Jersey Shore, I used to go out all the time on boats. Okay. Uh, but um, we didn't own a boat. Uh, Got it. Uh, the you know, it's been some time that either either one of us had had a boat, and uh, uh, essentially before the pandemic, we were actually looking for vacation homes, and we were looking in a couple of you know the warm climates because you know yes. it's like living up in in this area, yep. uh, and we were looking for vacation homes, and all of a sudden the pandemic hit, and you know we couldn't close on a couple of places. And it just got frustrating uh, with a couple of situations we ran into and in trying to close on a home. Yeah. And we just started talking and, you know, we had been thinking about sailing and, you know, we were watching YouTube videos, you know, sailing. Yeah. And we just said, well, what if we looked into a vacation home on the water that we can move? Because, you know, picking a vacation home, you're going to be in that area on that street, wherever, and, you know, your neighbors and everything where with a boat, you can move it. Yes. And we kind of thought about it. And before the onslaught started with the pandemic, where people were buying boats, we got one early on and just said, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a boat and we'll learn. And our goal was to sail it to, uh, the uh, Caribbean into the Bahamas, yeah. which is what we're going to do this winter. Yeah, yeah. Now, was the boat on Lake Champlain? No, which was another learning experience. Is it was uh, uh, in Maine, uh, and you know we had been looking for a long time. We one of the things that we did follow was we had our priorities as to what we wanted to do and what we wanted on the boat. Yes. So, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, and and ironically, we started out small and s small grew. <laughs> yeah. And the next thing you know, we were looking at 40 some foot boats. But we we made that decision as we were moving along and uh, uh, we eventually found something that was in immaculate condition uh, in Maine. And uh, that was one of the experiences is that then you have to get the boat from Maine to Lake Champlain. And uh, that was quite a learning experience because normally you put a boat on a trailer and you drive it somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, we decided that sailing it here was just not going to work. That was going to be a long, arduous thing. And I didn't feel comfortable at that time. I didn't have the offshore experience nor the experience to handle something of this size. Sure. So it would have meant hiring a captain. I, I, you know the rigmarole to yeah, try and sure. go down and come back up the Hudson. So we ended up over, you know, by road is putting it on a truck. Yes. And, uh, well, how much could that be? It's only from Maine to Vermont. And uh, uh, the enlightening part was... Uh, because they don't move boats from Maine to Vermont, we were going to pay dearly for that. You know, it was, I think, less to move the boat to Florida uh, <laughs> by truck because they have another boat coming the right. other direction. 
Right. And right. Uh, and it was just interesting going through that. And uh, um, we were all set. And one of the other things on Lake Champlain that we learned is there's only a couple of places that can launch a boat this size. And one of them was Shelburne Marina. Uh, and uh, not anticipating, well, okay, we called them. And well, we could either do it May 4th or August 12th. <laughs> what do you mean August 12th? It's like the summer's over. It's like, well, we do 10, 12 boats a day, every day of the week, yeah. Sundays, Saturdays, because the season starts at the end of April and we're flat out putting whatever they have there, 500 boats in the water. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, my gosh. So it has to be May 4th. And uh, uh, so we had to get the company to commit to getting it here for May 4th. And everything was set. And I'm over in Maine and we're trying to get all this done. And, you know, uh, the boat has to be, as you know, packed in the mast and everything. And I get a call and he goes, we're not coming. I go, what do you mean you're not coming? I've scheduled this with you. We, I said it had to be there for this launch date. He goes, it's raining. I go, okay, the boat, it's a boat. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. boat, you can get wet. Right. Right. Vermont doesn't allow oversized loads on their roads when it's raining or snowing. Oh, wow. So he said they would pull us over and we'd be fined. Wow. So I, yeah. So I had to call the marina was great because they said this isn't the first time this has happened. Yeah. And he said, we'll get you in the following day or whatever. Unfortunately, the next day was beautiful, but it was wow. just this thing we had planned so hard. And and uh, uh, and yeah. And because it's an oversized load, it had the tractor trailer and it had to have a vehicle in front and in back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was an easy trek for them. But it was just the fact that they said Vermont is really restrictive on overside loads because mm. of the winter, especially. Sure. So, yeah. 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 So wow. That was. Sounds like a real adventure. So what 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 have been some of the other sort of un, unanticipated or surprises that you've encountered in sort of your your adventure so far? Um, the acronym for boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, which. Break. Uh, Break out another thousand. Yes, uh, and I wish it was just another thousand. I, I, I mean, we expected uh, some of it. I think, I think it was the elevated levels. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just came back from uh, the sale company that's helped us a lot uh, with three blocks and three snap shackles. That uh, it will be uh, three hundred and some dollars. Yes, you know, for for those. So. Uh, I, I think part just the elevated cost because we knew we were going to have to make certain element advances with the boat. It was in great shape, but one thing was the electronics. Sure. And yep. uh, uh, they were older. Uh, it was the older Raymarine, the E90 uh, stuff, and it worked. But my wife is a tech person, thank God. And she was able to figure out with the cards and making everything work, but they were constantly fighting with each other. And we knew if we were going to leave the lake that we were going to have to upgrade 
that those systems. So sure. we had yep. planned on investing a certain amount, not so much fixing anything, upgrading. And and I'll say, from my experience, my lack of experience, there's a huge difference in having a boat on the lake that you take out on the weekends and you go out for a few hours, maybe an overnight, and then you come back and you park the boat. Yes. When you're leaving and you're going to be living on the boat and and you're going to be moving hundreds, thousands of miles, it's a whole nother level of what you have to prepare for. Absolutely. Know, with with the boat. And, and number one for us has been safety. So, you know, we've we've been really diligent at looking at all the safety elements. As a matter of fact, today I was at the sale company to sew our jack lines. Now, mm -hmm. three years ago, if you asked me what a jack line was, I would say, I don't know what that is. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're getting jack lines and just that experience of learning what they are, how they work. And the fact is that we're not using the, your typical outside jack lines is that we're doing inside jack lines. So we're going to have multiple lines, you know, for the person that doesn't sail, they have no idea probably what this is. But one of the things we learned with outside jack lines, when you fall over, you don't get lost from the boat. You just drown under it. That's right. And uh, that was uh, harped on me. Uh, I took the offshore courses down at Maryland School of Sailing, which is considered one of the better schools. Yeah. And that was one of the things they said, no, we don't use outside jack lines for that that reason. And then we started looking into it and we saw the fact that, you know, as strong as you think you are or the help you have on the boat, if you go over far enough and the boat is healing that way, you're going under and you're being dragged under the water. Anyway, that's sort yeah. of one of so the learning. Ju just so all of our listeners may not, when you say outside jack lines, you're talking about the typical way that a lot of people do jack lines, which is they attach it to a bow cleat at one end and they run it along the side deck of the boat and they attach it to a stern cleat or some other fastener at the other end, right? So you clip in, so you're clipped into the boat, but if you do fall overboard, there's enough spring in the line that you're going to end up in the water, like you said. And even if you're not healing over, even at three or four knots, man, it's really hard, almost impossible to get yourself back on. So you're doing, where are your jack lines going to run now? So that when you talk about their inside. So what we're doing is we're going to have, uh, uh, because you can't just run a single line down the center of the boat. We right. will go from the bow to the mast, Yeah. from the mast to one of the interior side rails and from the interior side rail into the cockpit. Yes. And then we will have double connection points so that, uh, when you release from one, you're still hooked in, uh, and then you connect the other and then release it, but you will always be connected in the center of the boat. So if you were to fall, you don't go over the rail. Right. Right. Very so, nice. Very nice. So, um, you know, that that's, and, and, you know, that's one of those things that's taken us a while, you know, it's it, it, that list, you just add that list up of all these things. We added AIS yeah. to our boat. Um, and you know, that was a huge safety thing and being able to, as you know, uh, cause I've listened to your, uh, podcast of being able to see other boats and they can right. see you. Right. Um, but when you had an older electronic system, AIS doesn't work with that stuff. 
And, you know, we had to go to NEMA 2000 for the wiring. Uh, And so we just said, all right, upgrade the boat. And, you know, and that's what we did. So we upgraded the battery system, the electrical system, uh, you know, new chart plotters, uh, new radar, AIS, you know, and again, it's all for safety purposes is we wanted to have stuff that we knew was going to work. It was installed correctly um, because uh, there are a lot of do-it-yourselfers, but that was not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very nice. So it sounds like you're well-prepared. So talk to us a little bit about the trip. How, do, how does one go from Lake Champlain, which is an interior lake uh, that borders New York on one side, New York on the west, and, and Vermont on the east, how do you get from there down to the Bahamas? So how you do that is the first thing you do when we leave Burlington is we go to Shelburne and we have to have the mast taken down. Uh, so uh, before we go anywhere, which is next week, is they'll demast the boat uh, we will put it in a cradle because uh, to leave Lake Champlain going south to the Hudson, you have to go through a series of locks, a dozen locks. And they have bridges that we have to go under that are not uh, bridges that raise up or move. And yes. the clearance is approximately, depending on who you talk to and ask on what day, you know, 15, 17, 20 feet. Yeah. Uh, and obviously with a mass that's 60 some feet high, uh, that, that doesn't work. So, uh, we have that, we'll take that down. It's about a one to two day sail down to where the locks are, uh, two days through the locks. Uh, and then once we get through, we've made a reservation at a marina after the locks that will put the mass back up. Yep. And the marina does like 400 sailboats a year. Yes. that are going through the locks, either north or south. Um, yeah. And this, then we head, head down the uh, Hudson River to New York City. Got it. Yeah, this is a, a well, a lot of people don't know this, but it's a well-traveled route for sailboats. So there's a there's a pretty good flotilla of boats coming either from the Great Lakes, which come through the Erie Canal, which basically cuts across New York State east and west, or the Champlain Canal, which goes north-south uh, up to Lake Champlain and, and the Mohawk and the Hudson River. And then, yeah, there is a, so there's a lot of people who know how to take masts up, uh, put them back up and stall them and, or lower them. Yeah. Very nice. Right. And, uh, uh, so, and then we've been, I've been charting everything from New York city uh, all the way down, uh, to Florida. Actually, we will be stopping in Georgia. Uh, uh, for a while, uh, but uh, it, it's it's been a, a lot of effort to figure sure. out where we're going to go, what marinas, and going offshore because that's yeah. another decision. Do you stay on the ICW or do you go offshore? And uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, uh, but we've been spending a lot of time, and I actually went, as I said before, down to. The Maryland School of Sailing, which is considered one of the better schools, and was there for a week taking their offshore course to get yeah. used to currents and tides. And, sure. and the first time they let me handle the boat uh, th- through uh, under a bridge with three plus knot current. Yes. And uh, uh, it wasn't, you know, it, it, if you take your time and stuff and you don't panic, it, it was it's not bad. But they right. t- took us through at the worst possible time so that we could get that experience. 
yeah. uh, down there. But the school down there was phenomenal and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, learned, learned a lot and especially docking because of all the things that comes with a sailboat, with any boat, is going in and out of the marina. I found that is the paranoid experience yep. <laughs> of most boaters. That's right. And, uh, uh, you know, we've watched, uh, as we say here in the marina, you're either the spectator or you're the show. That's right. And, and uh, uh, so that, that, was, that was a whole other thing that really helped. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as you go down the coast of the United States, uh, what are your plans for for going down through, New, you know, from New York City to like Cape May? Cape May is sort of the southern part of New Jersey. Are you going to go on the outside? Uh, are you going to make a stop? So you're going to do that overnight. What are your plans on that one? I'm always curious about that because that's that's kind of a challenge sometimes. Well, you know, the decision that we've made is is we are going to go to Sandy Hook, which is that northern yep. spot, spot of Jersey. We will anchor there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wait for a uh, good weather window, but we cannot go inside in Jersey because the shoaling there and the depth, uh, you know, we, we have a shoal draft, so we're a little over five feet, but it, it's just not feasible on the inside. So we've made the decision that we're going to sail from Sandy Hook to uh, Atlantic City or Cape May in, in one swoop uh, and and then stop there uh before we head up the delaware to the c and d canal okay right so you can get to you can get from sandy hook to atlantic city i think in a day sail yes uh, so if you can pull into atlantic city is the sort of one place you can stop along the new jersey coast for a for a big tall sailboat yeah uh, and then cape may's very nice uh, a lot of nice marinas in there there's a nice anchorage which we pull into cape may right in front of the coast guard Correct. Coast Guard station. Uh, well, I, I learned an interesting lesson there. Uh, once I, I was helping a friend bring a boat up, and and we anchored. Um, we 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 here again. I didn't have a lot of experience in saltwater. I had a lot of experience on Lake Champlain, and so you know we found the Coast Guard station. We cruised around. We said, "Oh, great! The water's ten feet deep. We'll drop anchor." So we let out. You know, I think it was five times the scope you know on the chain and au contraire there's about six feet of tide there and it was low tide oh. <laughs> so, so it went from 10 feet to 16 feet <laughs> because in the morning we woke up and i said i think we've moved <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you're you're absolutely right is is figuring that and on that note we got new chain and a new anchor yeah. Because, you know, what we have, I, I realized that one, the chain was too short and two is uh, it's like the original anchor from this boat, which is is nice and it works. But we went with the latest and the greatest of, of you know, anchors that are out there. right yes. now. We went with a, a Vulcan yep. uh, anchor, which, you know, is supposed to be one of the better for holding and, and uh, certainly if the boat uh changes positions and stuff it grabs really well and we had it out you know last weekend it was 25 knots where we were anchored and i did not have the scope out for that very purpose as i wanted to see the holding yes. power we didn't move an inch that's great but but yeah you're you're right is you got to remember that uh, the depth changes with the, uh, <laughs> right with, with the tides yeah i'll never i'll, I'll never make that mistake again <laughs> so then you're going to go up to delaware bay 
Correct. Uh, the, the challenge with the Delaware Bay is there's not a lot of places to stop. Uh, no, there's have... there's there's possibly in one anchorage that yeah. uh, we've identified, Cohasset or something. I forget the name of it. But our goal would be, uh, again, a good weather window. Uh, make sure that the current is going right. in your direction on the Delaware. And if you do and you get a good weather window, you can fly right up into the C&D Canal. Yep. So, you know, we know where we can stop if we had to, but our goal is to do the whole thing. And you can because it's, I think, 60 nautical miles, give or take. Yeah, it's a long uh, day. You start start early yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And if, it's, and if you get the current push, like yes. you said, uh, and the wind push, you're, you're doing fine. And then there's a beautiful anchorage in Chesapeake City yes. uh, on the canal there. Very nice. It's not big, but... Very nice, super well protected anchorage. There's a nice restaurant there. Mm -hmm. uh, you you can walk into town, and and there's some other restaurants and stuff. So that's quite and, nice. And that's our goal. Yeah, is, is perfect. To get there. So. And then down the, you're gonna spend any time in the Chesapeake because the Chesapeake is wonderful. Well, I sailed there for a week with the sailing school. So yeah. I may go their their marina where they work out of is called Rock is in Rock Hall. Rock Hall. Yep. And so we may go there, but. Uh, we plan to go over to Annapolis and based on our timing, we may be there for the boat show. But on the other hand, I've been told, don't go to the boat show, get out of there before that ends and everybody else is heading south. So yep. we, I think we'll get there early, but Annapolis, St. Mary's is another place. And fortunately in our sailing down there with the school, we, I went to all those places and I Great. learned where the, you know, uh, unlike Lake Champlain, the Chesapeake is not deep. And, you know, and I learned very quickly charting and stuff there that some of the shoaling goes out a half a mile, uh, yes. you know, where it's three feet deep. So yep. uh, the good thing is I learned where a lot of those places are, but it was a good experience. And yeah, and the Chesapeake, we had a, I had a great time sailing there. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Especially when you have a trained captain of 30 years that knows all the places to go in the ins and outs. Sure. Yeah, it's one of the interesting things, again, you know, uh, um, where I am in Providence on Narragansett Bay, there's a lot of shallow areas. Mm. It, it's it's sort of like the Chesapeake from that respect. Good thing it's mostly mud, uh, but you got to pay attention, right. <laughs> right? And unlike Lake Champlain, and I did a lot of sailing on Lake George. Um, they mark all the shallow spots because often with danger buoys or whatever on Lake Champlain, I remember those because lots of times there wasn't charts for Lake Champlain, right? Mm -hmm. There was no chart. So basically they marked everything and you would look for danger buoys and that would, they would mark all the shallow spots. Well, they don't mark shallow spots on the Chesapeake Bay. They don't mark shallow spots on, on Narragansett because they assume you have a chart. And because right. chart, they've had charts for a hundred years. So yeah. you really got to pay attention to where you are and where you're going and don't expect that every shallow spot is going to be marked because uh, they're not. Yeah, correct. And, and that was sort of interesting in the class I took because we weren't allowed to use electronics. Yeah. So we were sitting there in the boat as we're moving along using the charts. Now, obviously the captain knows exactly every square inch. Uh, of the Chesapeake going down into the ocean. But sure. yeah, we were constantly navigating that type of stuff. And we actually 
in one of our anchorages, he finally brought out the phone because it was doing like this snake-like routine with two feet on either side of clearance uh-huh. uh, of going through it. And it was it was kind of funny uh, doing that. But he, he finally said, no, we I have to use this now because yeah. this is such a tricky anchorage to get into. And, uh, uh, you know, he directed us and we managed to get into this very awkward anchorage. And he says he loves to come there like with his wife because it is just the perfect spot. There's nobody else here. It's dead quiet. And we weren't there 15 minutes when five jet skis (laughs) (laughs) come screaming into this quiet anchorage that nobody ever goes to. And uh, it it was, he was like, oh my gosh. He said, uh, boy, did I, I pull a fast one here. But yeah. So are you you planning uh, to go down the ICW mostly or going to go outside as well? Um, you know, we're making some of those decisions now. We're going to go inside when we get down to Norfolk. And actually, I have a question for you about uh, uh, the uh, ICW that we're sorting out now. But we're planning to take the ICW down uh, to Moorhead City, if you're familiar, yeah. that being one of the stops. And then we're contemplating, because we need to stop in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, we have to take a break and fly back up here for a kid's uh, wedding. Sure. Uh, so we plan to get to Wilmington, leave the boat for a week uh, there. And we're contemplating going outside at Moorhead City because it's a one-day sail, basically. And if the weather's great, rather than slogging along, because yeah. from Moorhead City, you start to get into more shoaling and stuff. Uh, uh, south of there. And uh, so we're kind of figuring that out. But I did want to ask you, Have going down there, have you made the choice of going through the Dismal Swamp or through the canal that goes down to skip the Dismal Swamp? Because I, you either hear the Dismal Swamp is wonderful or we did it once, never again uh, because of the uh, trees and the stumps yeah. that yeah. you hit or well, possibly the, hit. The, the, the times that I've done it, we've always done the canal, not the swamp. Uh, oh, you did. But I, for no particular reason. Right? <laughs> so it wasn't, yeah. it, I, I don't want to say it was like a well thought out conscious decision. It was a, this is how we're going. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now wh- when you go, I'm just curious, when you go outside, are you thinking of doing any overnight passages? Uh, probably not initially, um, although we are contemplating the possibility from the New York down to Atlantic City, Cape May, because some people have said, if you have a great weather window for two or three days, don't stop in Atlantic City, just keep keep on going. going. And, and the question that we have to answer, you know, that we have to be comfortable with is, if you want to make it one day, you have to start very early. And if you run into any whatever current situations, you could be getting into Atlantic City or Cape May at night, as opposed to if you leave early morning, midday from North Jersey and say we're going to do an overnight, 
you're guaranteed to be getting into Cape May during the day. Yes. So that's some of the questions, but I may have some help uh, uh, going with us on that part of the lake because I grew up in Jersey and I grew up, uh, we had a house down the shore. So I know people that sail and have boats and, and I do know the other inlets there because I used to go in and out of those on boats when I was a kid. So I know uh, Manasquan and Barnegat and those places, but you know, the preference is not to have to go in there because it's, it's a challenge. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I, whenever I've done those types of passages where it's, you don't want to get in at night. And if you, you know, you slow down by a knot, (laughs) you're going to get in at night. I always, I always left in the daylight, uh, a plan to sail overnight. So I had a good, you know, six or eight hour window of, of time to get into where I'm trying to get to. And I know I'll be coming in during daylight. So I I highly recommend, I would highly recommend Mm -hmm. that path as opposed to you know, getting leaving, leaving at leaving Sandy Hook at four in the morning <laughs> and then being tense all day because yeah. you might not make it to Cape May. You don't want to get in at dark. Right? Exactly. See, you so, you know, the question and, you know, some people say do it this way and others say, right. oh, if you leave early enough, you're not going to have any problem getting to Atlantic City. And others have said, but if you have a great window, keep why going. Do you want to stop not to pick on AC, but why would you want to stop at Atlantic City? Right. Uh, keep on going and go to Cape May and you've just saved yourself a day. So to yeah. speak. I've had in, in a pass, you know, an overnight passage, whether I'm coming North or whether I'm going South, I've always done it. Cape May to Sandy Hook or Sandy Hook to Cape May nonstop. And you're going to do an overnight. <clears throat> now the other, the other thing, uh, I'm, I'm, I would also recommend if you're going to do an overnight passage, uh, having a third crew person, uh, because I've done it both with three people and I've done them with two people, uh, and, uh, uh, meaning a total of two or a total of three. And I find that with just two people, um, uh, I don't get enough sleep I, just for my body. I need a certain amount of sleep, you know, and when we had three people on board, we would do three hours on six hours off. And right. I, I could get in, in six hours, I could get four hours of sleep. And that was good enough that I could do my next watch. Um, and, and, but for me doing, whether we did with just two people, whether you do three hours on and three off or four off, it just wasn't enough sleep. And I was whacked out. Um, and, and the other thing that I always tried to do on passages when I've made them is if I have an opportunity to sleep when I'm not on watch, I will try to catch a nap or a sleep because you never know, like if, if something starts happening and you're not on watch, but they need your help, you got to get up. Right. So your, your sleep time is never guaranteed. <laughs> right? Right. So, cause the crew used to make fun of me. So oh, Bailey, you're always sleeping. I go, well, if I have an opportunity to sleep, I'm going to yeah. sleep you're gonna take because it. I don't know what's coming later in the day or tonight. And I might have to be up. Yeah. You know, well, all of us may have to be up for the whole evening because we're in the middle of a storm or who knows what's going on. Right. right. So, yeah. Well, the, the- the one advantage I can say I have, and maybe it was just I was born to do this, I don't need much sleep. My wife marvels at the fact that you you can go to bed at one o'clock in the morning and you're up at four thirty-five. 
I yeah, said, well, yeah, I need four. I need four or five hours. I'm fine. Yeah, and, I and wish I was then, that if, way. If I had to stay up, uh, it's it doesn't bother me in the, sl- the slightest. Now, two or three days uh, of no sleep, yeah, probably. But yeah. Uh, you know, in my younger days, I've made the drive. Uh, uh, well, I drove from L.A. to New York in three days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've I've so, been on I've been on flights that have taken longer than that. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the way it is today. But uh, but yeah, no, I I like the fact that what you're saying because uh, if you have great weather, uh, you know, the overnight where you don't have to worry about getting in late makes all the sense in the, in the world. Yeah, and skipping AC because <laughs> people say, and, why and, do you want to stop an AC? And 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 I'll tell you that nighttime sailing. Uh, is magical. At least, at least for me, it is. It's just there's just something about being out on the water, you know, offshore. It's dark. You can see the stars. You know, if there's a moon, that's great. It's just there's something magical for me about those overnight passages. They're really great. Yeah, and that's uh, I'm look, looking forward to doing that. And as I said, I have uh, friends that I've talked to that uh, have said, "Oh yeah, we'll go. We'll go." Uh, you yeah. know, we have a lot of people saying, can we go? Uh, sure, most that's wanted, great. Most want to join us when we get into the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're, you know, that's part of the IQ test. Let's see, let's see which one they pick, the Jersey Coast or the Bahamas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, that's, yeah, that's a, a, a tough choice, but. Uh, yeah, uh, the other place that I, I, I can recommend stopping would be Charleston. Uh yeah. There's a great marina there, um, and uh, it's called the City Marina, if I remember correctly. Mm. And, and uh, they uh, they have a free shuttle downtown. It's just it's just just a nice city to sort of hang around in. There's like an old town where you can walk around. They have all these restaurants and everything. It's done really well. So Charleston's a nice stop. Yeah. Easy to relatively easy to get in, in and out of, right? So it's a it's a shipping port. Uh, so you know, it's well, well marked, well dredged. You don't have to worry. Some of the, some of the other inlets and outlets, particularly if you grew up in New Jersey, you know, they can be tricky. Yeah. So, and particularly with a sailboat, you know, if you have a 300 horsepower outboard, <laughs> you can go, but right. when you're in a sailboat, some of those can be tricky, particularly when the wind and the current are in opposite directions. So some of those inlets and outlets are challenged along the ICW. So you have to pick your way. You have to pick where you're going in and out. Yeah. And, and here again, when we did it, we always, we always went into ports where there was a well-marked channel. You knew yes. it was deep yeah. and it was, it was good. Well, you know, um, and um, where is it? It's uh, one of the things, sorry to lean over here, Al, is one of the things I found invaluable is the yeah. cruising guide from Bob423. Yeah. Uh, that he's put out, the information in there is just phenomenal of everything from marinas to anchorages uh, to actually, uh, my wife's working on this now, is he's got tracks that you follow that where there are difficult areas, you take his track, put it in your system, and you're good. And, you know, you don't have to uh, worry in those, there are those troublesome spots, like you said, not everything is marked perfectly. Right. Uh, but the, you know, I will say that taking the courses that I've taken, uh, took the navigation courses and stuff, 
uh, through Maryland, which was like being back in college, yeah. is is learning how to read everything and also how to check on everything uh, through the Coast Guard stuff. Uh, uh, you know, I've asked other people. Most people don't even know what the light list is. That's right. And, and you know, and you know, I've worked on that, and you know, looking at that because it updates everything weekly. Uh, I find it very frustrating looking things up on it because it makes no sense as to how it's organized. Yeah. But you know, we've I think we've really spent the time, as I said, focusing on the safe safety issues, and we've said we're in no rush. And if we have to stay somewhere because of weather, then we'll stay somewhere. But sure. we're not delivering a boat because I hear the two sides of people that deliver boats that are on a timeline and they got to get somewhere and they'll take the risks. And I'm on the other side where yeah, we'll hang out and we'll check out the town or we'll just stay here. And, you know, and when it's the weather's good again, we'll leave. Well, I heard some quote, and I'm, I'm not hitting it the right way, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. Something like, uh, for sail sailors who are not on a schedule, always sail in good weather. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, again, it's it's an IQ test. Right? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go out, in the, out when the weather's crappy or the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, or, or do you wait another day or two? So well, that's, And that's one of the first le lessons I learned, which is if you have a schedule, that's when you get in trouble. Right. That, you you know, don't think you're going to map something out for the next month. And it's not like uh, the old triptychs things you used to get with the car. And it used to map your thing out on the roads. And, you know, you just get in the car and drive and, and right. no problem. You get here, here and here every day. And and it works like magic. Not not don't do yep. that in a boat, you know, yep. uh, have two or three days planned. But that's about it uh, as far as uh, uh, mapping, you know, uh, we, we're mapping our whole route, but where we're going to be on what day, we have, we're flexible on that. But we have a right. good idea that if things, the weather's good and stuff, we know how long each leg will take us. Yeah, there, there's your route and your schedule, and Correct. there's di and they're two different things. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> right. Correct. So. Yeah, exactly. So once you get down to the Bahamas, how long are you going to stay down there? What's sort of your plan? Um, we're going to stay the, the entire winter, um, until insurance forces us back, uh, back home, okay. <laughs> so to speak. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to go into the two hour discussion of insurance. Uh, but, uh, that, that, you know, there's a good example of between owning a car and owning a boat, uh, of talking about the experience. You know, when you add a car, you call your insurance adjuster. You right. say, I bought a add car. A car. Right. Here it is, add it on, and it's on there the same day. Uh, it didn't work like, it doesn't work like that with a with a boat. That's uh, right. But knock on wood, I have to say, you know, we've been lucky. We, uh, we bought the boat. We don't have uh, a loan on the boat. Um, and uh, we have enough experience where we've been able to, to get the insurance that we need. Uh, the initial one wasn't too bad that we got through our homeowner's policy for Lake Champlain because it was just, it's got to be out of the water on this date and you can put it back in on this date because you can't leave it in the water on Lake Champlain. Right, right. Uh, but as soon as we said ocean, uh, our homeowner's policy said, we don't know that word. 
Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we had to go and I, I checked a whole bunch of places. I got names of brokers and everything. And we ended up, uh, knock on wood, getting a good policy that will allow us to go to the Bahamas, uh, go 100 miles offshore, but we're not planning to do that. But it, we have to, uh, between June 1st and November 1st, uh, we have to be north of Florida. Yep. So that's the only requirement. And we know some people where the requirements are north of, you know, Charleston or- That's you know, right. You know, even further or, north. Or Moorhead City, right? Or Correct. Yes. Right. So, uh, and so we're planning to keep it in Georgia when we return. Uh, my wife's uh, father lives in Georgia. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons we've been looking at Georgia. And when you mentioned Charleston, the Savannah, uh, Brunswick area, there are tons of marinas. And, you know, we've talked to several yeah. about uh, keeping our boat there when we come back. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll say, uh, you know, having paid marina prices on Lake Champlain and New England, where we are now on, on Narragansett Bay, once you sort of get to the Chesapeake and south, the marina prices go way down. <laughs> oh, uh, you don't have to tell me about that because uh, we're in downtown Burlington. Yeah, and uh, it was it was no inexpensive uh, uh, fee for the summer here. Right. As a matter of fact, it's like a mortgage. Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. To be, to be where we are. Yeah, so I've noticed that that uh, it goes down in some cases to a dollar a foot. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the, for the boat. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that was one of the other things. It's interesting that you learn along the way when we were looking is uh, I got one fly here buzzing around me uh, is is that when you're you're buying a boat, be aware of the water line versus the bow line. That's right. Uh, that uh, you don't want a, a boat that extends six feet in either direction, bow or stern, because you're going to pay for that as extra 10. That's feet. right. And they serve no purpose on the uh, internal side of the boat. Right, the living and, space. Yeah. Yeah, and we're well. You have a hunter. It's a cruising boat. That's it. That's what it is. We've got, you know, downstairs. Yours is probably almost identical to ours, but we have you know huge cabins yep. uh, with the big windows, so there's a lot of light. And uh, uh, we decided we went with the two suites at either end. Mm -hmm. So we don't plan on, we don't, our kids are all grown. Uh, so we don't plan on having a lot of kids and stuff sleeping everywhere. So if we have a couple on the boat, they have their side of the boat. They yep. have a full bath, shower, separate shower, and the same at the uh, uh, stern of the boat. So yep. uh, yeah, we've, we've been really happy uh, uh, with the Hunter, even though there are all those bad reviews out there that, you see something from time to time, don't buy a hunter, but I don't know why you wouldn't because, you know, we've had, we've had a great experience with it. Yeah. As, as have we, I've, I've been very happy with our, our purchase. And I think sounds like we sort of did the same thing. Um, we sort of put together a, re a list of requirements that we wanted on the boat. And, you know, I'm not sailing across oceans. We're cruising around right. the Bay. Maybe we'll go up and down the East coast. Uh, so it's yeah. it's coastal cruising. That's what we're doing. And there's certain things I wanted in the boat uh, that were a requirement. And then all of a sudden, your list gets really short. <laughs> Once you sort of think through those things, it's like, boom, you're right. Okay, it's it's going to be one of these three models <laughs> or three different right. manufacturers in the model. 
and when you have a sort of a size range. So yeah, it uh, and I'm we're very pleased with ours. We have I haven't had any sort of surprises. Uh, I've been very pleased with the performance and its reliability and its sort of you know how it's manufactured and built. I've been I've been very very pleased. Yeah, and and same same with us, and, and yeah. the same thing with requirements. And and not to to embarrass my wife, but one of her requirements early on was two bathrooms. Mm -hmm. We will have two bathrooms because if one breaks, that's right. I, um, there's no bucket or anything like that. <laughs> so we we have two full baths, yeah. and and it it's worked out great because you know we don't have to share one of those small bathrooms or stand and wait for some, you know, right. uh, to, to, to use one. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and we have electric heads, yep. which is, was, are. Yep. which was also uh, a feature that, that we wanted that. And the other is we have furling uh, mast uh, and head sail yep. so that you can operate the boat from the cockpit. You don't have to go out there and you know climb all over the place right you know that uh, if you do things right uh you you know you can run it from the cockpit you can do it single-handed basically and i've i've heard where you've taken yours out by yourself i have yep actually Mac, I, I just uh uh recorded a an episode for the podcast about uh it's gonna be a three-part series about single-handing right i'm gonna talk mm -hmm. about docking yeah <laughs> i have an episode on that then i have another episode I'll do on anchoring and mooring, uh, you know, dropping an anchor solo or picking up a mooring solo, uh, and then also about sail management, sort of, you know, and and all of these things uh, have have taken me about three years to sort of figure out, right? Because each boat is different, uh, and you know, for me, bringing in my sails, bringing in my mainsail, I have I run lines a certain place around certain winches, and I can do it right. myself, right? Right. Now, do you and, do you have a remote control for your anchor? I do not. Oh, okay. Because yeah, that's my wife's been mentioning that. Uh, seeing other people with the remote control, and one of our neighbors has the remote control uh, for the yep. the anchor. Uh, but uh, uh, so I was just curious if yeah, single-handed anchoring. You know, someone's got to go up there. You got to uh, go up there, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you know, the other thing is, uh, I I I. Never try to go out in a situation or get myself into a situation that I'm going to regret, right? And that sort of goes back to right. sort of safety and thinking about, okay, if this doesn't work, <laughs> what could happen? <laughs> and yeah. and so if it's super windy out, I, I don't, I, I'm gonna, I'm not going to anchor or I'm not going to pull up anchor <laughs> if it's super windy. I'm going right. to wait because because yeah. by the time you know. So, that once the anchor's off the bottom, the boat's moving, <laughs> and right. and but it's still in the water, so you got to be careful of what you do, right? So it, there's there's a lot of things you got to think through there. So, so I, I speaking of the boat because I had this question to you. Yes. And I've been struggling with this. Is the one thing we're dealing with on these uh, uh, port cabin, the fixed windows in in the uh, main part of the cabin. We have these little drips yes. that uh, are, are coming in. And uh, my mechanic has said, well, we can take care of it. I said, not until I talk to you, because you did that. <laughs> and taking these windows apart, because I, ha I can't find anything on these windows. And I'm sure you have the same exact windows that I do. 
with the screws on the inside and the fixed aluminum on the outside. Uh, how did you take yours apart? Uh, okay, so the one the windows I did were my big wraparound windows on my the Dexalon part of the boat, right? right. And and those do yeah. not have any those don't have any frames on my boat. They don't. No, no, they're just uh, uh, so there's this thing they call the eyebrow that sort of right. goes around. You can remove the eyebrow has the the handrail on it, uh, grab rail on it on my right. boat. And initially, I thought maybe the grab rails bolted all the way through, you know, the deck, the roof of the deck, and, and, but it's not. It's just the handrails just attached to the eyebrow, and the eyebrow is attached with, I don't know, six or eight screws, and that comes right off. And mm -hmm. then the windows, there's, there's the two windows on each side. Right. And then there's a corner piece. And then there's a, a front window on, yeah. on the port and a front window, right? And they have no frame on the outside. So there's, yeah. there, there's no frame to those at all. And um, on the inside, they have a plastic frame around them, but that's just a trim ring. That's, that doesn't do anything. Yes. So, so mine had come unglued because they're basically just glued in. That's what holds right. them in. They're just right. glued in. So mine had come unglued in some spots. I was able to uh, pry them off. Uh, one of the tricks I used was uh, a, because uh, where, where the, the sealant they use or the glue they use is really strong, but I was able to thread a guitar string <laughs> up oh. through there and I had right. one person on the outside and the other person on the inside. And with the Pulling. guitar string, yeah. I could work my way around and cut all of the sealant that was still solid. Yeah. Then I could pull the window off. Right. And then with a putty knife, scrape all of that old stuff right. off, scrape off the stuff that's on the window frame or the part of the, the cabin. Right. Right. And then uh, I bought that Dow. I forget what the number was, but I, I told you that. Yeah, 765 or something. 765 like or 795 or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. But it, it's made for. It was originally developed for for gluing windows in on skyscrapers. <laughs> so that's what that material was developed for. And that's what the manufacturer uses. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. see, I have completely different. I have an aluminum, I say aluminum frame on the inside, an aluminum frame on the outside, and the window sits in that frame. Oh. So the window, the actual glass does not get adhered to the boat because it sits in this frame yes. and, yes. and where it's leaking is that rubber, whatever it is, uh, in between the frame that it's getting in there. Oh. See, and I was like so excited when you said you did your windows, I'm going, wait, you got a Hunter uh, 45, it's gotta be the same windows, but no, you you have the diff, yeah, the, you have the tip, what's the, I call it the typical, type window that adheres right to the side of the boat. That's right. That's yeah. right. All right. I do I do have a few smaller non-opening, I think I have two of them, port windows, I'll call right. them, you know, a foot, a foot long yeah. and six inches tall. And they have aluminum frames around them and they look like they're screwed through with some stainless steel screws or something. Right. So that's sort of what I have yeah. uh, in the main cabin. You know, I have the two, four, six, seven 
you know, I have two on either side and then two angled and then one in the front. Yeah. Uh, now the one in the front opens, but it's, it's not bad, but it's progressively annoying that, you know, we need to do something because yeah. it's been leaking a little bit more. I hate uh, leaks on a boat. It drive me nuts. Well, that's what you said. Do you, you like to empty the bilge and keep it clean? And yeah, I like, like a dry, a dry bilge, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, when you run the air conditioner and, and, uh, uh, I had the mechanic here today adjusting uh, the stuffing box so it drips more. Yes. And it's like drips more. I get it <laughs> right in the bilge. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, the air conditioners uh, condensate draining into the bilge bugs me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it does. But uh, yeah. Uh, so, such is life. So, you know, I, I think just the whole thing, I, I really am thankful to be able to speak with you i've enjoyed you know your podcast and stuff and it's been really helpful because it's sort of your podcast is this folksy down-to-earth basic <laughs> thing you know well it, thank you you're not you're not driving you're not selling products you're not driving something home uh i, I will say you're missing the bikinis of course you can't see them in the <laughs> podcast which is on all the videos right. uh that that you get but no, learning, learning a lot. And, you know, and I have to say, and this has been an adventure for my wife and I, Sure. and, and uh, uh, probably a lot more than we had anticipated. Uh, but I think hopefully once we leave and actually get into the meat of the trip, it, it'll change our perspective a bit. But uh, this summer has been just this race to get everything done. And as you know, finding people that actually can do the work on boats. Yeah, it's not easy. And, and getting the right answers, like the yeah. windows, is 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 really tough. And we're lucky we found a couple of people that have been really good to us and uh, helping us. But, but it is amazing. It's not like taking your car to the auto dealer where they know everything and they just fix it and you're back in two hours. Uh, this yeah. is, uh, oh, I've never seen that before. And God only knows, trying to find things with wiring on a boat uh, yeah. is just the spaghetti uh, wiring, you know, that uh, you can't, uh, you know, where does this wire go and what does it do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, th well, thank you very much for reaching out to me and, you know, saying those kind words about the podcast. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. That That's what makes doing this podcast fun and exciting. I get to meet interesting people like yourself and uh, that's, that's always a great plus. Well, you know, it, what caught my attention when I was, you know, there's a wealth of information, as you know, on the internet and through YouTube and the, and the podcast yeah. is that everything is down South for yes. sailing. You know, there isn't a lot of sailing information coming from where we are or, or from Canada, right. so to speak. Right. And it was right. just interesting. And it's like, oh, wait, and he works at a ski area too. I, I, <laughs> been teach i teach at sugar bush yeah. in the winter yeah and it was sort of like well that's why and he's he's not far from here so i that's yeah. why i started listening because it's the same experience we've had uh with being up here in the frozen north during yeah. the winter and the the short sailing season that that we have from may to september basically yeah uh, uh here but yeah uh, but yeah no i've i've enjoyed uh your discussions and uh, with your your partner who is in Germany, and I 
don't quite how the, know the, how that came about. But, uh, <laughs> but. Well, we we both we both used to work at the same university, so we were both uh, professors at oh, the wait. same uh, Who school. Who was at Clarkson? Both of us were at Clarkson. Yeah, that's where my wife went to school. Oh wow! Look at that, huh? Small world. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that, we, that was the other thing too. Yeah. That you. Yeah. So you both taught at Clarkson. We both taught at Clarkson. He's a lifelong academic. Uh, I I I was in higher ed for ten years. The last ten oh. years of my career, I I was I was teaching in business school. Before that, I was in business. Um, and then <clears throat> a few years before I retired, he moved to Germany and took. He's teaching in Germany now. Right. And uh, uh, he and I really hit it off when we were together in Clarkson. And oh, okay. so we said, we have to figure out a way to keep doing stuff together because we, we used oh. to like doing that. So I had this crazy yeah, idea of starting a podcast. And he doesn't sell. He doesn't sell. So, so actually, <laughs> we, first, we started our first podcast about entrepreneurship, mm. which is a subject we both taught. So we have another podcast called The Unconventional Path which has been around about four years, and it's all about entrepreneurship, mainly small businesses. We, we tend to interview small business owners, and that's got like 165 episodes or something like that. Oh, wow. And then after we got the sailboat, I had the bright idea of let's start one. I'm going to start one about sailing mm -hmm. uh, and sailing specifically the East Coast, because like you said, there really isn't any. Everything's in the you know South Pacific or you know right. the, the glamorous places. Exactly. And and then Mike said, hey, I'll do that with you, too. I said, great. That'd be fabulous. So he's the. Well, it, wor it works out well because he asked the exact questions that yeah. a novice would ask. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, it, it was funny today. I was at the sale place that has worked on our sales and he was setting me up with blocks. We have a Jenniker, mm. but we haven't used it yet. So he walked me through the whole thing of what blocks you need and the whole bit. And he was talking to one of the sale people that's cutting. And, and I said, I said, Bill, do you realize you just spoke for like two minutes and most people would not have a clue <laughs> as to what you were talking about at all when you're yeah. talking of the, Luff thing and this thing and the tape and this and the and the yeah. clutch and the <laughs> I said it's like you're in a foreign language course. Yeah. And that's been one of the things with the boat that I will say frustrates me is that everything on the boat has a different name from yep. the real world. And, yeah. and it's just been an experience because when you talk to somebody knowledgeable, I'm a little bit I, I'm a lot better now. But talking to somebody knowledgeable and they start throwing around all these words, it's like, well, you might as well be speaking French to me. Right. You know, right. Because, it is a new language. Right. It is a new language. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it is. So, yeah. uh, you know, trying trying to learn that and prepare and everything. But uh, yeah, yeah we we've, we've really had a good time uh, with the boat. We've had our moments, um, you know, with uh, frustration. I'll say I'll say my wife does not like docking. Mm. Uh, uh, at, at all and she's shaking her head as she sits here that uh, um, she doesn't like my techniques I've come back with from uh, Maryland <laughs> yeah well I, I tell you Mike I have figured out a way to dock our boat solo uh, mm. and it works great so and, and I still utilize Elaine my wife uh, right. but I don't have to uh, so it, it works very well and uh, I, I have found you know again it, it takes I take advantage of the design of the boat 
and I take advantage of the slip I'm in (laughs) and I, and I take advantage of both of those things. And, and fundamentally the key discovery for me or the key insight was, you know, I tried docking sticks. I tried ways of lassoing the cleat as I'm passing by it and all that kind of stuff. And it, (laughs) it didn't work worth crap. Uh, and, and down in Maryland, of course, they don't have a lot of tides, so the, the, the docks don't float, right? right? So that's a whole different ball game, right? Where we are, that we right. have floating docks. Right. And the, the key discovery for me was I, I have two, they're probably a foot and a half, maybe two foot in diameter uh, fenders, but they're, they're balls. They're the shape of a ball. Oh, you have the balls. Yeah. Right. I have two of those mm-hmm. that I put on the stern of my boat. Yeah. So they're like big bumpers between the stern of my boat and the dock. Mm-hmm. And I, so I come in stern too, because I can step right off my boat, just like you can right to the dock. Right. right? Yeah. So I come in stern too. I, I, I cuddle up to the dock with my stern and I leave my boat in reverse idle right. and it just holds the boat right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I could, I could go have a cup of coffee and the boat's not going anywhere. <laughs> Right. As long as I don't have a stiff side breeze uh, from my port side, because then that'll blow me into the boat next to me. But any other wind, my boat just stays there. And so that I can just walk off the boat nice and gingerly, grab my stern line, tie it up, walk up to the bow. And what I do with my bow line is I flake it over my lifelines. Right. I know. Yes, that's right. That technique. So I can grab it mid mid boat. I can grab my bow line and then just grab it from the middle of the boat and walk forward with it and clean it off and I'm done. Uh, But those big round fenders were key for me. Yeah, we we noticed we've had that discussion about the big round fenders and and get, you know, but then you got to store them somewhere. You know what? I just leave them hanging on the back of my boat. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I shorten them up. So they sit on, you know, they're not, they're they're sitting on the step there, right? So they're not not in the way, not in the way. And I have them on to the side because yeah. I have them as far to the sides as possible because that gives me a bigger purchase and it keeps my boat squarer to the dock. Yeah. yeah. See, where, where we are, we're at the widest part of the lake. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the Burlington marinas are not well protected. Uh, when you get a westerly northwest wind, it, yeah. just, it can howl through here. And and we do have the, the uh, break front out there. But... Um, you know, I like, like you coming in stern first because you step right, right off the boat. But right. in order to do that, where we are, you do have to stop and turn the boat around to be able to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can have 15, 20 knot winds blowing through here. Sure. And, and I just made the decision once it gets to 15, I come in bow first because then I can just saddle right up but right anything more than that coming in backwards is once you get the boat moving but the problem is when you stop it and start making these turns and that wind is blowing yep my, you know I, you have bow thrusters i take it i do i have a bow thruster yeah and that was an early learning experience well i got bow thrusters i can always turn the bow no you can't <laughs> no you can't and uh, I had that experience where the wind, I'm pushing on the bow thrusters. Wait, what's going on? The wind's still <laughs> taking That's me right. the wrong way. That's right. And uh, uh, so, you know, but I, I, I'd say that I'm fairly confident. I haven't hit and, and destroyed anything. But, you know, I've seen some of the best sailors here that get caught 
caught in the process of trying to turn a boat around in the marina and the wind's going and the next thing you know once once you start spinning out of control it's it's tough it's over yeah <laughs> it's over <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah. uh so yeah docking is interesting yeah hey mike this has been great uh yeah i really appreciate you taking the time oh uh, no i i thank you very much for entertaining uh you know having me on not sure being, I don't have 30 years experience, but, uh, All right. uh, you know, I'm getting started, but I I'll leave you with this. And if this ends up on the final cut is, is just that, um, uh, you know, my wife and I have both retired. I'm finally slowing my business down. My wife retired this year from education technology yeah. and, you know, people, I hear this all the time. Well, you, you know, people are, t it's too old. You're too, you know, how old can you be to take on something like this? And for, for us, it's, I say it's been enlightening that, you know, we could be sitting on the porch drinking iced tea and maybe that's what a lot of people want to do. But I think we wanted more and we wanted to keep doing things. And yeah. there's no reason, you know, that, uh, I'll be 70 next year is that, uh, there's no reason you can't do this. And, you know, as long as you're safe and you're, you're not crossing oceans, at least for us, we you know, we don't have any plans to do that. Like you said, we're coastal cruising. Right. And, you know, we see a lot of older couples that, that are out there, most of them on their trawlers now. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see any reason why you can't, can't do this, uh, later in life and, and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Well said, you know, and I, I don't let the schedule push me and I'm cautious and I don't let myself get into trouble or, or I try not to let myself get into trouble. You mean with sailing yeah. or your wife? My, uh, <laughs> well, I try on both. I'm much more successful on the sailing part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, yeah. listen, thank you so much for allowing me uh, this sure. thing, even though you couldn't help me with my windows. Yeah, that was a disappointment. I thought. Uh, oh, I was chat about that. I yeah. even told the mechanic today. I said, "No, don't, let's not talk about windows." So I talked to Baylor. Yeah, yeah, different, so. different type of windows. Oh well. Well, you know, that's what, that's the thing with boats. No two are alike. Even the same boat from the same manufacturer. I think it depends on what they have available at the time to throw in. In terms of, we have these pumps, or we have. That's right. You know. We have uh, this autopilot, so let's throw it in uh, because right. it's amazing that it's, again, not like cars where they crank them out. They're all different. And, yeah. uh, you know, I have neighbors that laugh, you know, that they can't find the switch to turn something on. It's supposed to be here, but it's not. Right. So. But, right. It's amazing. Well, I will let you know when this comes out. Yes, It'll you have my probably, email. probably be out in a couple weeks is my guess. Sure. Uh, and, and I'll let you know. And what I'd love to do is... Uh, Maybe, you know, when you have a few days uh, and you have, you're sitting someplace, uh, you know, in uh, October or whatever, uh, Oh, let's connect and let's do a quick update as to how I'd it went. To, as, matter, as a matter of fact, because I was going to say is that all our friends and relatives and everybody said, well, you're going to have something on YouTube, right? You're going to be able to, we're going to follow you and stuff. So we're actually, my wife's crossing her fingers right now, but we're going to actually do that and videotape some of the stuff and uh, uh, I'll definitely keep you posted. Now, maybe in October I say, well, 
uh, we ended up putting it back on on the card, and we we, we quit when we it's got for to sale. New Jersey. <laughs> right, the boat's for sale. <laughs> the boat, and the boat's for sale. But stuck no. on a stuck on a sandbar in the dismal swamp, and it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, I'll definitely definitely do that. And uh, again, thanks uh, for entertaining uh, me. Uh, for your uh, podcast. Yeah, so, you're very welcome. How many, can I, uh, yeah, uh, sure. uh, can I ask, how many uh, people do you have now? Um, do you, so, do you know what your numbers it, are? it bounces around, yes, uh, it bounces around a little bit by episode, but there's approximately between four to 500 people oh. who listen to each episode within 30 days. Oh, right? okay. So, well, you know, the, the bulk of that happens in the first week an episode is released, and then the rest is in dribs and drabs, but right. it's about Four to five hundred people. Yeah, oh. yeah, Which that's is, great. Because okay. you're not advertising or anything. You know, no, you're, no. Yeah. I don't even. I don't have an Instagram account. I don't have a Facebook page. You know, I don't have any of those things. Twitter. I don't do any of those things. I just do this because yeah. it's fun. Yeah, and right. you know, we're going to try a lot of that. Thank goodness, as I said, my wife is a tech person, so uh, she understands how a lot of that stuff works. And we got a drone. So, oh wow, cool. I'll send you. I'll send you a drone snapshot. Yeah, that, that Good. we have. Well, I'm looking forward to getting an update okay. on your yeah. on your travels and That'd your be progress. Great. Yeah, we'll keep pleasure. in touch. All right, yep. thanks, hey, Mike. Bella. Yep, Bela, I got to remember that. So, thank you very much. You have a good day. Yep, thanks you too. Bye bye. Hi, folks. I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview I just did with uh, Mike. Uh, I thought he was a really interesting guest. Uh, we went on for a bit. You know, two sailboat owners uh, can chit chat for quite a while. Uh, I really thank you for listening, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, we now have a Patreon page. So if you are so inclined to support the podcast, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash sailing the east. Uh, and that'll get you to our Patreon page. It's nothing fancy or elaborate like most things about this podcast. Uh, but if you'd like to support it, that would be wonderful. Uh, and also, we're always uh, interested in your comments and or suggestions for the podcast. Uh, and you can email us at sailingtheeast at gmail.com. So thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, see you all soon. Mm -hmm.